You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things related to deer hunting below the Mason-Dixon line. I'm your host, Parker McDonald, and I hope you enjoy the show. What is going on, everybody? This is the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, and we have got an absolutely incredible show for you today. We're talking to a guy from Arkansas, a public landowner from Arkansas that shot a giant. Absolute giant. He's a giant (laughs) slayer. (laughs) I wish y'all could have seen Blake look at me like, am I supposed to talk right now? Or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what am I supposed to do? So, so I I just found out in the last five minutes that Blake has a very weak stomach. At times, yeah. yeah. I'm for, surprised. For yeah, I do. Like, you're a pretty tough guy, and you have... <laughs> so, so, just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you all what happened. Uh, I was, I've been real sick. I don't know if you can tell my voice is... Not 100%, and my nose has stopped up. It's terrible sinus issues. And uh, so <laughs> I'm trying to make this not sound disgusting. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't even want to hear. <laughs> so I hocked a loogie <laughs> and spit it in a empty cup uh, through the straw. And Blake thought that I was just um, drinking out of this, and I was not. <laughs> and it looked like he was about to throw up. Just you talking about it's got my stomach moving <laughs> wrong way. So you said. So you said right before I pressed record, you said uh, you should have seen me after I sh- had to clean that dough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to know about this. I didn't. I didn't know. Like I feel like I'm learning new things about my friend right now. Yeah, I guess I haven't gutted a deer in front of you ever. You've never seen me gut a deer or do anything really, really that that can be bad smelling now we pretty much suck at hunting together <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, we don't ever see deer when we hunt together <laughs> uh no I, I i was gutting the doe and as a lot of us have done uh pricked the guts and um when i did right with my knife i just got this air just pushed into my face that smelled <laughs> horrible so i just turned around gagged about a dozen times turned back around kept going you know, just pulling the guts out, and every now and then I would just turn around, gag a little bit. I didn't actually throw up that night, so. <laughs> but yeah, I got a weak stomach, man. H- having a kid, having to change diapers and stuff was—it's tough. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I don't. Now I can. I, I do a lot. I could, you know, I could gut deer or whatever else, but I got a weak stomach. <laughs> you don't do it. It's against your will. Yeah, yeah, I do it because I have to do it. Like it, it doesn't bother me, but it it bothers my stomach. Now, what you just did does bother me a little bit. <laughs> I might edit that out. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. You can. It's a good way to a good icebreaker, though. We might lose listeners talking about loogies. Yeah. I don't know. We may gain listeners, though, too. I know that I would fast forward through this. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're anything uh, okay. like Blake, you can fast forward, and, and we're we're not going to judge you for it. At all. 
So, uh, so Blake, did you have a good week, man? Yeah, great week, man. Real good. Just been been working. When's that baby supposed to come? Yeah, I got a new baby April 16th, so right around the corner. Yeah. I, I think about it all the time during work. I think, oh, man, it's almost here. I'm about to have another baby. Another baby. I, I, I think about turkey season a lot because it's coming up. But as I, I was getting my choke tube out of my closet a couple of days ago, getting my, my shotgun ready, and all I could think about was, dang, when turkey season gets here, it's on. The baby's coming. Like, like the baby's going to be here right in turkey season. Yeah, if you if – you, get to hunt what, what I, there's probably only like three weeks before then yeah. before the due date yeah three three or three three and a half something something like that yeah, yeah. I, I think it comes in into march so. well my my experience with alabama birds is that the first week or two weeks you you might be able to get on them pretty easy not easy but easier but man after that it is tough. Yeah, it yeah. is tough hunting. So you might you might still get the the best part of it. Maybe so. And if I get one, this will be my first bird ever. I've never shot a turkey before. You never shot a turkey. No, I had one in front of me one time, and that is it. Every other time, and I, I hadn't, I just hadn't been a lot, and I just got skunked every time I've gone. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. I love I love the turkey hunt. It is very. I love it because you can chase them. You're not just sitting in one spot the whole time. Yeah, it's something I, love, I want to do more of for sure. I love chasing. But while I'm chasing turkeys, you're going to be chasing a new baby. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we all know what happens, what you're not going to be chasing after your wife has a baby. The six week. Yeah. That six week. Uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Deer hunters have the October, October lull, lull and fathers have the six weeks six week lull. Six week lull. Yeah. Yep. Well, <laughs> if you're a dad, you'll, you'll know what we're talking about. It's a real if thing. not, then one day you will <laughs> you will learn. Yeah, that's right. So uh, so this has been kind of a tough week because this is the first week that it has not been deer season because the season ended in Alabama on Saturday, and it's been <laughs> it's been tough. I wanted to go sit in a tree and I just can't. I mean, <laughs> hey. I can. At least you ended the season well, though. Yeah, the I did. Last day of the season well, dude. Last day, last like thirty minutes, and I shot the biggest doe of my life. And so the 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 place that I was hunting on, it was actually private land, and it was the first private land uh, area that I've hunted all year. And it, I mean, it was raining, it was pouring, it was nasty outside. But it's the last day of the season, and so I I killed the best, the biggest doe I've ever killed in my life. So, and it's on a, it's on a piece of property that's in a zone. If you're from Alabama, you'll understand this. We have zones and the, the, the zone I normally hunt, it, you can't shoot does. Like there's like just a few doe days every, every year, every season. And this zone is not that way. And the guy that took me out, he doesn't shoot a whole lot of does. So he wanted to shoot a few. So we went out and shot one. It was fun. That's awesome, man. I know last week you were talking about being low on meat because uh, you had given a good bit of it away, shared a lot of that meat, so you were uh, hoping that you could get another one. So I did. it worked out perfect. I really wanted some snack sticks. So you can't beat those snacks. I got I got some. I'm going to have them coming from the processor. I want to learn how to do it myself. I've never yeah, I've never done snack sticks myself. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. I don't know if I have anything that, I, uh, anything that it takes to make them, but... You can always get that. But uh, so today I went scouting for the first time and it was a blast. I had a whole lot of fun. I went with some guys that uh, I have never personally hung out with before. And I got a Facebook message last night, like 930 or 10 o'clock saying, hey, you want to go scout? And so we went out to the the forest around the, the public land around where I live and we just scouted around. And so <laughs> this is the part. So, you know, I normally, everybody, most of the people who have listened to this show before, they know that I normally hunt from the kayak. I normally use my kayak for access. And actually this year, I didn't ever not take it on a public land sit. And these guys, one of them does that a little bit. Uh, and another guy, he pretty much is, he, he doesn't do that at all. He actually just sold his kayak not long ago. And so we went out to a spot where it was completely, I mean, you could access it by foot. Any any guy could access it by foot. Well, we went down. We went kind of a on this transition line straight up from the road, straight uphill, 
and just started walking ridge after ridge going over and up, over and up, over and up. I think we did like four of them and looking for beds and looking for sign and transition areas and stuff. And it wasn't a great, it wasn't great sign. It was decent, but it wasn't the best I've ever seen. And, um, we, we probably saw, man, I mean, maybe 20 rubs today. There were a lot, a lot of rubs, but it was, it was, you could tell it was really high pressure because there was private land close by. You could tell it was really high pressure, but not, it looked fairly promising. Um, maybe to come sit if you just need a quick sit or whatever. So we walked this whole way. We walked the whole way over and go down to a Creek and all of a sudden see this like wore out human trail, like a hunter trail <laughs> down at the bottom of it. And it's at the base of all of these Hills that we just came off of. And it, I mean, it's like a highway for people. There were cigarette butts all over it. So it was like, well, looks like we wasted a whole day of scouting. And, uh, so that was fun. It was fun just to get out. I got some cool footage and some cool pictures and, that wasn't like a designated trail. It was like it it, it it didn't show up on the map. Now there was a gate right there. We just didn't realize exactly where we parked right next to where that trail went to, but we didn't realize, I guess, the way that it went and how far in there it went. Yeah. But it was like there was a rub on every corner of this area, but just not not a ton of the sign that you want to see. We several stands already still set up and yeah. It was, I mean, it was a good spot. I like my spots, you know, down by the water a little bit better. Um, I just really like being able to access on the kayak. It's just fun. Yeah. Did you, I know the area y'all were in, there are definitely pigs there. Did you see any pig sign? No, not any. No pig sign. No pig sign. Um, I, I talked, I asked them if they had ever seen any pigs out there and they said no. Okay. Um, one guy, they'd seen more of the hog sign like down, um, on the other side of the, of the forest. Okay. I gotcha. Which, which is, that's where me and you went not too long ago before the season started this year and found tons of pig sign. Right. Yeah. But it was fun, man. It was fun just to get out in the woods and yeah, that's awesome. Hang out with some new guys that never hung out with before. They're probably listening to this right now. So shout out to you guys, Nathan and Mike. Uh, we had fun though. Hey, we've got a really cool episode coming up. Uh, we talked to this guy. His name is Edward cook. And we're talking about a deer that he shot in Arkansas, but he actually lives uh, in the like the Oklahoma Arkansas border. And this deer is a giant, absolute giant. It's huge. It's massive. And uh, you're, so you're going to get to hear a little bit about that. Uh, this guy, man, he just kills giant deer. So in our original text message thread um, with me and him. I talked to him on the phone for a little bit and heard the stories and stuff. And then he started st- sending me all these text message pictures of all the deer he's killed lately. I mean, and most of these were in the within the last three years. And, oh, my gosh, we're going to talk about a few of them a little bit. We're going to stick to the Arkansas one because it's southern ground and uh, some of them were in Kansas and Illinois and stuff like that. He hunts kind of all over. But these deer are giant. Like, he kills bigger deer. <laughs> Then, like, he's probably killed five bigger deer than I've ever killed in my entire life. Yeah, bucks of a lifetime. He does that often. He does it well, Yeah, too. And then his son does. And not only is it him, not only is it, like, making you a little bit insecure that he kills these huge deer, but his son's like, oh, I'm going to do it, too. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And on the same day. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, same exact day. That's the coolest story in the world, man. I love it. Y'all, you guys are going to hear this story. It is a really cool story. I think you're going to enjoy it. So, Blake, do you have anything else, man? Man, I think that's about it. Cool. Well, let's get to our story with Edward Cook. Uh. All right. Well, we are here with the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, and we have got uh, a really awesome guest. We have got Mr. Edward Cook from Arkansas. On the line, Edward, how's it going, man? Oh, it's going great here. We're having beautiful weather, having a great day here. <laughs> well, man, I've heard uh, I've heard that there's been some terrible weather recently there where you're at. No, we had uh, here over the weekend, Saturday night, we had a nice storm. And, man, we had traffic. Uh, traffic was just terrible. 
a lot of like multi-car pileups. So, I mean, it was like, you know, on, on, on I-49 here, uh, that runs North and South up through Fayetteville. I mean, there were like 12 car pileups, 10 car pileups. And then it was just, it, it was a bad time to be on the road. So, yeah, well, but, you're a, you're a mechanic, right? So that probably wasn't too bad. Well, you made a little bit extra money. Well, yeah, actually, actually auto body. Uh, okay. I do, I do some auto body and, uh, so, but I still hate for people, you know, you yeah. know, to see people have bad luck like that. Cause you know, people, people can get hurt or potentially lose their life. So you hate to see, yeah, you know, you know, I, I would, I would hate for that to happen. So, yeah, man. So <laughs> what part of Arkansas do you actually live in? Well, actually I live in, uh, Stillwell, Oklahoma, which is five miles over the line from Arkansas. Okay. Uh, by right by Fayetteville, Arkansas. And I, before I moved here, I originally lived in Gentry, Arkansas, and that's in the very northwest corner of Arkansas, uh, close to Bentonville. And uh, so I, and you know, I've always kind of lived in this area uh, here. Other than when I was a just a little little boy, we lived in South Arkansas, down around DeQueen. Okay. Uh, in that area, so I've always been kind of you know pretty much from from this area. In the area, okay. Well, that's great, man. Well, we're gonna get to uh, talk about a deer that you killed on public land in Arkansas. And so I know our listeners are really excited about that. And uh, Blake is sitting here next to me, and he hasn't really gotten to hear the story other than secondhand through me. So I know he's looking forward to it, right, Blake? Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, I didn't hear the story, but I saw a picture, and it's an absolute giant. Oh, my gosh. I am, I'm looking forward to everybody hearing about this. When you sent the picture to me, Edward, I was... I was like, "What is that? Uh, we don't have deer that big in Alabama." <laughs> it's a it's a true giant and on public land, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But first, uh, we mentioned that you you do some auto body, but you also have another job. What do you do? Uh, what's your main job that you do for a living, Edward? Uh, my main job is I work for uh, McKee Foods Corporation, and if you're not familiar with that, we make all uh, all the little Debbie snack cakes. Hmm. Uh, and uh, there I work. It's actually part, they call us part of the engineering department, but I'm a maintenance mechanic and I work on a lot of like uh, wrapper machines and some automated robots that load like cartons into cases and stuff like that. There's, we have some automation equipment and I work on a lot of that. So basically, everybody is wondering this right now, I'm sure. I know I'm <laughs> wondering it. Do you get free Little Debbies? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can eat all you want. While you're at work, just, oh my god! Oh yeah, just just get them off the line, go to the break room, and have them. So you're telling so. me that you you're an angel in heaven is basically what you do for a, a full time job. Uh, <laughs> like I said, the smell is just like I mean I mean you can just smell it all the time. I don't think I could do it, man. I'd I'd be 400 pounds in no time. <laughs> i wouldn't be able to yeah. climb a tree anymore i don't think but. so you just have to hunt off the ground yeah you? i'd be hunting off the ground <laughs> probably uh, so so you do that that's your main job and you do that at nights right you work nights night shift yeah there? i work night yeah i work night shift there from 10 at night till six in the morning there okay and then you do and then you do auto body we talked a little bit about that yeah um so i want to know like where you get time to hunt well, I'm fortunate in the job that I have at McKee Foods. We we get pretty good vacation time, so I try and save my vacation time up, and I try and split that up between like family vacation time and then vacation time to hunt. And uh, like last year, I was off almost the whole month of November, and so I try and try and get all my work done ahead of time. And then, like I said, you know. That, that month of November when a guy needs to be, you know, to me, when a guy needs to be in the woods, uh, that, like I said, I have enough vacation time saved up to where I can take off and, and hit the woods. <laughs> so you get, you're telling me you get the whole month of November off and you get free little Debbies. I don't, I don't think <laughs> I've heard of a better setup <laughs> in my yeah. life. That's pretty it's awesome. It's a pretty good job. It's That's pretty, pretty incredible. So, uh, so Edward, everybody's probably wondering, we were the deer we're going to, we're going to talk about today. You shot in 2014. Um, is that correct? You shot in 2014? Yes. Yes. That's that's right. Well, how was your season this year? Well, this year I had a, I had a really good year. Uh, 
and 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 it's possible to have a really good year and not kill a deer at all. Uh, but I had a I had a really good deer. I, I actually drew a Kansas tag this year, hmm. and I hunted on some public land up in Kansas. Uh, and I had a had had a big deer on camera there. Uh, I had him 15 yards behind me, behind the cedar tree. Uh, never got a shot at that buck. Uh, like I said, I you know I've got some pictures of him, <laughs> but uh, but I didn't get a chance to shoot that deer. And then I have a friend that I hunt with a lot. Uh, that's paralyzed in a wheelchair and every year i take him to uh, to illinois i've got some friends that live in illinois and i took him to illinois uh, and up there i killed a uh, i was fortunate enough to kill a good deer he was a a five and a half year old deer uh would gross about 160 Uh, so so overall i had a really good year yeah that sounds like an incredible year any year you can kill a 160 inch deer in my opinion is pretty solid so yeah um, well i was i was close on two because the one in kansas was probably a little bigger than the one that i shot in illinois that buck he was he was a giant also that's awesome man (laughs) so i still have memories of him standing behind the cedar tree looking (laughs) (laughs) i think we call those nightmares (laughs) yeah (laughs) we call those yeah. Uh, so, so the, the, the one on in Illinois, was that on private land? Uh, yes, that's on, on some private land. Okay. Uh, there it's, uh, like I said, I take the, take this friend of mine that's paralyzed in a wheelchair and it's hard for him to hunt on public land because, uh, because of the access issue. Uh, you know, it's hard, hard to push a wheelchair that far, uh, yeah. you know, you know, to get off the road. So usually when I take him, uh, uh, you know, uh, like Illinois, we hunt on private land. Now I do take him on some. There, most states, and I don't know if a lot of people are aware of this, but but most states have some non-ambulatory hunts. And here in Oklahoma, we have some. And he drew in on a non-ambulatory hunt in a place called Salt Plains Wildlife Management Area, uh, and he killed he killed just a giant deer up there this year, uh, like about a hundred and fifty inch eleven point up there. Wow. Uh, and so, I mean, he's, he's a very efficient hunter. I mean, yeah. he's, you know, he, he may be limited in his mobility, but, but he, like I said, he's a very good hunter. That's, and, that's awesome. I've, I've and, learned for me that, um, if you have enough determination and, an, and enough grit, then you can make it happen. You, you can't blame your situation. You can't blame not killing a deer on your situation uh because you can make it happen and that's i'm sure man i'd love to talk that to that guy at some point because that sounds pretty inspirational so so just on that same note um so you hunt some private land and 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 public land as well what would you say is the percentage that you actually hunt private to uh to public how how much of the time do you think you hunt public land i would say about 80 percent of the time that i hunt probably 80 percent public 20 percent private Okay. Uh, most of my out-of-state hunts are public land, uh, other than the hunt when I go to Illinois. Other than that, pretty much everything is public land. And then what what I hunt here at my house, I have uh, a little bit of private land just that that my family owns here. And uh, uh, then there's a lot of good public land that I hunt uh, also here here by my house. But and you're. Here, you- your son killed a, a good deer this year on your property, right? Yeah. Uh, we have a little place that's about 23 acres, and it actually joins a big uh, a big uh, wildlife management area called Cookson Wildlife Management Area. And uh, my boy, he killed 100 and uh, this buck will grow score about 172, and he killed it off of this place that we have uh, that joins this Cookson Wildlife Management Area. And uh, I hunt on that Cookson Wildlife Management area uh, quite a bit. Uh, it's 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 some really good land. It sounds like and, it. That's a that's a pretty pretty big deer. I, I'm telling you guys, if you're listening to this, you've heard this man mention several deer over 150 inches, and I'm sitting here like, man, <laughs> I'd just like to see one of those in my life. And you're talking about four or five of them that you've been in contact with in the last three years. Like this guy is a giant killer 
and he just knows how to find them. And, uh, man, we're super glad to have you on this show. Uh, but the main reason I really wanted to talk to you uh, is because of a, of a strategy that you, that you used, and it's on, on public land, but it's these uh, WMA special draw permits, and that's how you shot the deer that, that we're going to be talking about today, um, most of the day today. Uh, so tell me a little bit about how that, uh, that WMA permit special draw works um, for the average guy, I know you talking to me, I didn't know really anything about it. And you started just telling me that, you know, anybody can do it and it's, um, it's a good hunt and, and apparently has a high success rate. Um, and I know a lot of guys just don't even know that these type of hunts even exist. So if you just had to talk to the average guy, the average hunter, could you just explain that process to us? Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> a lot of it is, is pretty simple. Uh, what, where I would start, I would go to your home state uh, because that's going to be close to you. And uh, pretty much all home states, what you know, you know, they'll have they'll have a website and just get on there and look. Like in like in Oklahoma, they're called controlled hunts. Uh, Arkansas, they're special hunts. But get on there and just start reading through that stuff. And pretty much every state has areas that have have uh controlled hunts or draw hunts <clears throat> and those to me those offer the average person that don't have access to large blocks of, of private managed land those those people get an opportunity to hunt some really good ground and all you have to do is put in for the draw and a lot of times the odds aren't very good at drawing <clears throat> but if you don't put in you're for sure not going to get drawn so, you know, you know, you got to be diligent in putting in for these places. And, and, uh, like me, I live right here close, you know, to the state line. So I can put in, you know, I'll put in for special hunts. I actually put in for special hunts in about, <coughs> excuse me, in about seven different states. And of those seven different states each year, you know, if I get lucky and draw one or two, you know, that's, that's a pretty good uh, odds, you know, that you're going to get to go on one or two hunts on some ground that is that, that that has controlled access and that is managed pretty good because most of these wildlife management areas, or some of them, some will be like a, a waterfowl refuges and stuff. Most of those will have like food plots and stuff like that on them. So you know, you know, there's something to hold the deer, something to feed the you know the deer, and 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 they're limited draw so there's not unlimited hunters and it gives those bucks a chance to grow up to be you know four and a half years old to where they're a mature deer so do you, do you know how many um how many tags they draw in these areas uh yes pretty much all of the states on on their website they'll have you know a, a, a list on there it'll show how many tags are available it'll show how many people put in for those tags and it'll show the percent. It'll show the success percentage from the previous year. In some states, you can look back two or three years on the success percentage. And one thing that, when I first started doing this, I would look at that success percentage. And one thing, don't let that fool you, because if you look on there, you know, on a on like a three day hunt, and and the success percentage was ten percent, you say, well, that's not very much success. But what I've noticed on these special hunts, and 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 I don't mean this to be talking bad, but but about if you have fifty people drawing for a special hunt, about ten of those people are 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 really, you know, you know, uh, died in the wool hunters. Yeah. You know, the rest of those people are going to be people that sit for an hour or two in the morning, go to the truck, fiddle around, you know, and then come back and sit for an hour or two in the evening, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 they don't hit it very hard. So a lot of times those success percentages aren't really reflective of the quality of deer that's there. Right. Uh, well, obviously, because when we get further into this story about this deer, this wasn't the only big deer that was seen on this trip that you took. And um, uh, yeah, I, I I totally understand what you're saying because uh, this year on public land for me. I saw people on on one hunt that I that I went on. 
I saw four different people on this one hunt and and each of these guys were sitting in areas that I was like you are n- clearly not going to shoot a deer right there uh, unless the dumbest deer in the woods comes by you I mean these guys <laughs> were sitting on the base of a tree in the middle of a creek um with, with the wind not in their favor at all and yeah. um and so I, I I hear exactly what you're saying most of the people that you see on public land um not all of them. There are hardcore hunters who uh, have forgotten more about deer hunting than I'll ever learn. And uh, there are those guys that are that way. Um, but there are probably more that really just just enjoy being outside, which is great, too. And maybe every once in a while a deer will mess up and they'll shoot a deer, and that's great. Um, but it, it really is an advantage for the hardcore hunters who are most of the guys that are listening to these podcasts are going to fall into that category. Uh, and that's why I think that, that we can all benefit from what you're telling us. Uh, because I think most of the people that listen are hardcore guys and, um, and can really get something out of what you're saying. So, um, so let's get into this. So you, you told us a little bit about the process of, of the WMA hunt. If you had to guess, what would you say it costs overall to do an out-of-state hunt or a or a, a special draw hunt like this? Well, like on this hunt, since I'm a non-resident of Arkansas, uh, first off, I have to buy a non-resident license. Uh, but before that, you put in for the draw. And like in Arkansas, you put in for the draw. And if you get drawn, uh, then they'll send you they'll they'll send you a notification. And there's a ten dollar. Uh, uh, ten dollar fee for that so you send that back in and then uh like this i'll have to buy a non-resident hunting license uh and on this what i usually do uh if if i'm going to have an opportunity to hunt more in the state a guy could buy an all-season license but what i done this time because i knew that this was probably going to be the only time that i had a chance to hunt there so they have a arkansas has a three-day license you can and with that three-day license you can kill one buck and one doe so i buy a three-day license uh in those uh in 2014 those were like 125 dollars so i spent 125 dollars on that <laughs> and uh then uh you know uh the gas to get there which it took t- from from where i live here it's about a four-hour drive so that's not a that's not a bad drive. And mm-hmm. and on on this hunt in Arkansas, you can put in for party hunts. You can put up to four people in together. And on this, uh, there was there was four people. There was myself, my son, and then uh, a friend from Wisconsin and another friend that I grew up hunting with in Arkansas. And and so by one of us drawing, we all drew, and uh, we went down there. And you, they they actually have a campground there on on the wma and a lot of wmas will have a place where you can camp but it was cold and rainy when we were there and uh the first time so we actually rented a motel so we stayed in the motel for three nights there and that's not that expensive because it's you think well you know i split that between four people so you know you know you'll spend you know if if you spend three nights in a motel you'll spend 250 bucks on that but if you split that between four people, you know, then, you know, then that comes up, you know, to 60, you know, 60 bucks a person for that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that it overall, it's a, it's a pretty inexpensive trip. It's not something, you know, that you would have to spend, you know, spend a lot of money on, you know, to do. Yeah, uh, no, no doubt. That sounds, that sounds like a, uh, a fairly cheap trip especially for what you guys got to come home with on that. But before we get, before we get into that, I've still got a few more questions for you just about the whole process. So Blake, do you have a, do you have a question about that? What he was talking about? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Um, it sounds like it's pretty, pretty simple. You just got to do a little bit of research, um, on the front end. And, uh, it seems like there's some really cool opportunities out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hearing too. For the average guy, just the working class guy, it sounds like a, a, a pretty cool opportunity. So how did you, you, you not, it's about, you said it's about a four hour drive. Did you take any trips out to Arkansas before or to that WMA to scout or anything? Um, before? Uh, no, um, I've, I've 
I do a lot of online scouting, uh, and I'll go online like on Google Earth and 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 look at a lot of stuff. Uh, and a lot of times you can go on there and kind of study, you know, study that, and you can kind of tell a lot. Or to me, you can kind of tell a lot about where you know you know where the deer are going to be, uh, you know, or or you know I'll pick out you know areas that I think are going to be good, and then when I get there, then I'll, uh, they'll usually have like a scouting day before you hunt and I'll try and ease into those areas. Uh, and, and when I go in there, like this place where we were hunting in Arkansas, where we're at is about 1.3 miles from the road, uh, or, or from a gate. There's actually a road that you can walk on back there, but there's a gate there and you can't drive past that gate. So what I do on that is I bring a deer cart with me. I put my stand and stuff on that deer cart, and when we walk in there, I'll ease in there, try and hang a stand, and I'll leave the cart there. Because if you kill a deer, you're going to need the cart to get the deer back out. And if you don't kill a deer, you're going to need the cart to get your stands and stuff back out. So that works pretty good as far as the scouting part of it. What kind of what kind of stands are you hanging when you go out here? You said you're about a mile. Yeah. Um, so it it all depends a lot of times i like to hunt out of a climber uh because a climber uh, is fairly comfortable and when i go on hunts like this or pretty much any time during the run or during the rut i'll hunt from daylight till dark and so a climber is pretty comfortable you can get in it and you can sit all day long uh it, it it would be hard to take like a ladder type stand back in there because just because of the distance and stuff like that right uh if there's not any i'll always on a trip like that i'll always take a climber and i'll always bring like a hang on and some sticks just some lightweight sticks uh because there's not always a tree available that you can get in with a climber with a climber you know you've got to have a good nice tall straight tree and there's not always a tree like that so you don't want to limit yourself to where you hunt because you only have one stand so I'll bring a hang-on stand and a climber, and if I have to, I'll hunt out of the hang-on. But if I can, I'll hunt out of the climber because of the comfort factor there. Right, so. right. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you on that. Um, okay, so we talked about how much it costs, all the whole process. We talked about your scouting and how that went. I want to hear the story about this deer. So just from from the so you scouted one day and hung your stands and stuff. Tell us about the rest of it. I want to hear the story. Well, we got there uh, on a Friday and we we uh, we took our stands in there and stuff. And there was an old roadway there and there were some scrapes in that roadway. And I had already checked this spot out uh, on, uh, through Google Earth and stuff. And it looked like that it would be an area that pinched deer down because there's a big lake. And mm-hmm. then there's a big open field, and it's kind of a narrow spot between the the upper end of that lake and that open field. And if any of these deer are passing through there, obviously they're not going to go through across that open field. They're going to go, you know, try and go through that pinch down area between the lake and the open field. So that was where I set up at. And uh, my my boy, he set up about oh, a little over a quarter of a mile from there on another little narrow pinch down spot that we had found on there. And, uh, the first day, um, we uh, got in there and it was uh, pretty uneventful. I seen, uh, this is a, in, in Arkansas, they have what they call sweet 16 wildlife management areas. And on the sweet 16, there's 16 of those. And on those, they're, they're quality, they're, uh, they're, they're quality deer managed. And you have to shoot a doe before you can shoot a buck, and the and and they have antler restrictions on the bucks. They have to be uh, eight point or uh, have an eighteen inch main beam, you know, to keep people from shooting, you know, you know, just the small, you know. Whereas the rest of Arkansas has a three point rule, and so so it kind of you know you know it, it raises the bar so that there are some more you know you know more bigger bucks in there. So uh, on the first day, my my boy, uh, it 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 turned out really warm that that morning, and uh, 
my boy, he was fortunate enough that he shot a doe right at daylight. And then about nine o'clock that morning, he rattled in uh, a buck that'll go close to 150 in the upper 140s, uh, 10 point. It weighed 184 pounds. Uh, he rattled this buck in and, and, and killed it. And this was on the and, first day. Yes, this was on the first day. So so that meant that he was done. He was finished. He was just a spectator after that. <laughs> so awesome. so uh, uh, I hunted all of that day, and I seen several small bucks. Uh, I did. Uh, I seen some does, but they were quite a ways away in the woods. And, and the way it materialized, I never got a shot at one of those does. So I was still in that mode that I've got, you know, you know, I'm still doe hunting. Uh, so, uh, started out the second morning. Uh, I, you know, I felt that I was still in a good area, you know, you know, I wasn't going to leave that area, but I'm just going to hang, you know, I'm going to stay here for three days, daylight till dark. And if I kill something, fine. And if I don't find, but you know, I'm not going to move. And, uh, so the, just after daylight, the second morning, a doe with two fawns came through and, and, and I was fortunate enough to get a shot at her and, and, and I shot this doe. So, uh, there you have to, you have to, since it's a, uh, uh, requirement that you shoot a doe first, you got to call your doe in. And then once you get her called in, then you can go ahead and buck hunt. So uh, I went online on my phone to the Arkansas Game and Fish uh, and, and uh, checked this doe in. And then I was buck hunting after that. And uh, so uh, <clears throat> I sat, and it was about 9 o'clock. Uh, I was sitting. And, and like I said, where my stand was, there was an old roadway that goes through there. And uh, I I kind of, and, and, and there were scrapes, fresh scrapes in this roadway. And I thought, well, uh, you know, you know, these deer is going to be coming, you know, through here, but it was starting to get pretty warm that day. Uh, probably by nine o'clock, it was up close to 60 degrees. And, uh, so anyway, I was sitting there and then all of a sudden I, I kind of watching all around me and I turned back, uh, turned back to my right. Uh, up this roadway and about 45 or 50 yards up there i could just see just a piece of a deer in some brush and uh about that time he stepped out kind of this roadway and i mean as soon as he stepped out i'm like wow (laughs) (laughs) you know sometimes you see those deer and you think well is he a shooter or not you know you know you grab the binoculars and try and see and i mean when this one stepped out it was like (laughs) there was no doubt that this was a shooter i mean so anyway i get I, I get turned around there because because i had my gun facing the other way i get turned around and he had stopped in that roadway and was actually checking one of these scrapes that was in this roadway and uh so he he turned around and i said i could still see that he was a giant but i mean at at that point i you know i wasn't trying to see you know how many points he had because i knew he had enough points you know for the for the you know for the requirements there and uh i shot and uh, when I shot, man, he, you know, down through the woods, kind of crashed off down through there. And I was pretty confident, you know, of a good hit because he wasn't very far, 45 or 50 yards. And, uh, you know, they had that tail down deal, you know, and, and uh, <clears throat> uh, I thought I heard him crash down there. So I <clears throat> waited a little bit there and I didn't didn't hear anything or see anything kind of over a hunt there out of sight. And I never seen him come out, you know, any other way. And... Uh, so I sat there a little bit. I text my boy, and because he was in the truck, uh, he was just waiting in the truck because we were still hunting, and he had tagged out on the on the first day there. So he was waiting in the truck, and I told him, I said, uh, I texted him and told him, I said, hey, I said, I said, uh, you need to bring that cart back here. I said, I just shot a buck, and he said, you did, and he said, I told text him back, yeah. I said, he said, he said, is it as big as the one that I killed? And I said, well, maybe just a little bit bigger. And he's like, wow, that's great. He said, he said, I'll be back there just as soon as I can. And like I said, from where we were at, it was about 1.3 miles. And, and we took the cart out the evening before uh, taking his deer out. And uh, so anyway, he, he said, well, I'll head that way. Well, in a little bit, he got back there and uh, I got down out of my stand and stuff. And I met him there at my stand, and he said, well, 
where was he? And I told him, I said, well, he's right up, he, he was right up this roadway when I shot. We walked up there where he was at. And I said, he was right here. And we looked around just a couple of seconds there and I seen some blood, some, some, some pretty good drips of blood. And I said, yeah, I said, and he went right down this way. And so we headed down through, through there, uh, kind of to where he had went, you know, following the pretty good blood trail and kind of over that little hump. And then when I walked over that hump, I could see the white belly laying there. And I looked down through there and he's laying on his side and he's like, looks like he's like three feet tall laying on his side. And I'm like, <laughs> man, I told my boy, I said, there he is right there. And he looked over there and he turned around and looked at me and he said, dad. He said, I thought you said he was just a little bit bigger. <laughs> and uh, so we went over there, and, man, and I'm looking at this buck, and he's big-bodied. He was, like, field-dressed, he weighed 206 pounds. I mean, so he was, you know, I said he was big-bodied deer. Field, you and, said field-dressed, he weighed 206 pounds? Yeah, yeah, field-dressed. They they weigh him and everything there at the, they have a they have a check station there at the, at the WMA, and they weigh him and everything there. And, uh, like I said, field dress, 206 pounds. And so anyway, we go down there and I'm looking at this deer and I'm checking it out. My boy, he picks, I'm on the left side of this deer and he's laying on the ground with his right side down. And, uh, my boy, he picks the, grabs the antlers and he picks it up and he looks at me and he goes, dad. And I said, what? He goes, he's got a tag. And I said, what? And he goes, he's got a tag. And I said, what are you talking about? He turns his head over, and in his right ear, he's got a near tag. <laughs> and I'm like, man, did I shoot like someone's pet or what, you know? And so we look on, then we look on this tag, and it has like a big 304 number. It looks like a like a tag that they put in cattle. Like, like I said, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but they have, you know, just an ear tag in there. Mm-hmm. And it has a 304, and then, but then down below that, it has Arkansas Game and Fish Commission on this tag, and then it has a 1 800 number. And I'm like, man, what, you know, what's the deal with this? You know, and we don't, you know, we're like, you know, still shocked, you know, like, well, you know, no one said anything about it, you know. So anyway, we go ahead and take a couple of, you know, a few quick pictures there and stuff. And uh, I went ahead and got him, got him gutted and called him in and stuff. And uh, we load him, him and this doe that I'd shot on the cart, and uh, and we headed back to the back to the truck. And by the time we got back to the truck, because like I said, we had so far to go, it was after after twelve o'clock then. And uh, so we went and checked him in up at the station up there, <clears throat> and and there, even though you check him in online to the our, our, through the Arkansas Game and Fish, you still have to there they they take pictures and age them and, and score them and stuff like that. Mm. So anyway, we went up to the check station there, and the guy that's over it, his name is Andy Van Horn. Andy Van Horn, he, you know, checked him out and stuff, weighed him, and he weighed 206 pounds uh, and kind of rough scored him, and, and he scored like 159. And he, basically, he's like a big eight. He's got two little points on one side that you could almost call points, but basically he would score like as a, as a big mainframe eight, and he's about 23 inches wide. And uh, uh, Andy said, uh, you know, I showed him that tag and he goes, yeah, he said, he said, he said, there was a biologist here that trapped and tagged a bunch of bucks about three years ago. And he said, I'm sure this is one of the bucks from that, from that study they done. But he said, he said, we've never had any of them, you know, you know, shot and checked in here. He said, he said, we just assumed, you know, that all the ear tags fell out or whatever. He said, you know. So anyway, I went ahead and called the 800 number that was on there, and 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 the biologist that, that done that study, he called me back the next day, and uh, told me, you know, that this buck had been trapped and tagged in 2011, and I shot him in 2014, and he had been trapped and tagged in 2011, there on the wildlife management area, about a mile, I think he said not quite a mile and a half away from where I ended up shooting him at. And he said when in 2011, they aged him at a three-and-a-half-year-old. So whenever I shot him, he would have to be like a six-and-a-half-year-old. So that, you know, you know, to me, that was that was a really neat deal because I've never heard any, you know, any stories about other people, you know, shooting, you know, you know, tag deer other than uh, uh, Michael Waddell from Realtree. He shot one in Kansas that actually had been trapped and tagged like that. Okay. But, 
but I thought it was a really neat, uh, you know, you know, story about that. That uh, is besides, you know, besides, you know, you know, such a, you know, once in a lifetime trophy deer, you know, that was what was amazing. Is he, is he the biggest deer that you've killed? Uh, I've killed some bigger deer. Uh, not in Arkansas though. Okay. Uh, I've, I've killed a couple of deer from, uh, Illinois in Kansas that were, that were bigger. Uh, but not, uh, but not a whole lot bigger either though. I mean, yeah. this, I mean, this deer, it's hard, you know, just, just, just describing this deer. It's hard to get, get a grasp of this until you see a picture of this deer. I mean, like I said, you know, for an, for an eight, for a basic eight point to score base, uh, I mean, like 160 inches, he has to be big and he's wide, 23 inches wide. You know, I mean, he's two foot wide, just about that. I mean, yeah. When you sent me that picture, when you sent me that picture, it was like wholly wide. (laughs) That is (laughs) insane. Um, Yeah. So, and I've never, I've never heard of people ever shooting a deer with a tag in its ear like that either. I've heard, I have heard, you know, of, of ducks and that's a pretty cool, a pretty cool thing to shoot a duck with a, with a band on its leg. Um, I've, I've never done that before, but, uh, I've heard, I've heard of that. And of course with doves every once in a while or sandhill crane, you hear a lot with, with birds, with different birds, but, um, I've never heard of it with a deer. Now, did you, did you keep the tag on its ear for the mount? Yeah. 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 I kept the tag. And everything on the mound, and then also in his the 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 tag is in his right ear, and then inside his left ear he's got a actually has a tattoo that says three o four in it also that matches the tag. It's a tattoo like similar to what they tattoo cattle with. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah. But they'll they'll do like a tattoo inside their ear so they can mark them. And and he and, and he had a tattoo inside his uh, inside his left ear. And the thing that was amazing to me, as much as bucks like fight and rub on trees and all that stuff i can't believe that that tag stayed in his ear that long you know i'm surprised it hadn't fallen out or you know something like that you know that was what that was what was kind of yeah kind of neat about that when you when you took him to the station to the check-in station had they seen any other deer come in with the tags no no they hadn't seen any uh wow they hadn't seen any there uh the guy that done the study, he said, he said, he said, we seen a few of these deer that we, we trapped and tagged. Uh, he said they would do like spotlight surveys at night. And he said, they seen a few of those at night. Uh, he said, he said, but the bucks that they trapped and tagged, he said, he said, we didn't see much of them. He said the does were pretty consistent in their home range area. But he said, he said the bucks that we trapped and tagged, he said, he said, we didn't see much out of them after that, you know? And so I thought that was, uh, I thought it was pretty unique, you know, that, that, that it had that tag in there. Yeah. So. Cause you know, a lot of guys, a lot of guys, we, we guess and we age by teeth and, and by, you know, different body characteristics, yeah. but you actually have a, an, a very accurate age of this deer and, and not a lot of people can say that they've got that yeah. and, and, and on public land be able to, you know, I, I think it's cool that, um, I mean, he was a full grown man. This deer was, and you were <laughs> able to, you're able to fool him at his yeah. own game, and yeah. and that's impressive, man. That's that's a really cool deal. Now, did yeah. y'all age the 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 buck that your son killed? Uh, yes, they aged it at four and a half. Man, and you know, you know, just by looking at the teeth, they said probably four and a half, and uh, you know, you know, you're talking about that. You know, you know, the whole public land deal, you know, this right here goes to show that what's available to the average person, if you'll just be diligent in putting in for these special hunts. And, you know, that's not to say that every time that you go on a special hunt, you know, that you're going to kill deer like this. But the odds, I mean, the potential is there, you know, if you'll just put in for it, you know, right. And, and, you know, to me, it's like I said, you know, I tell a lot of people that and people say, well, why are you telling people this? It's like, you know, man, I, you know, I'd be secretive about it. Well, you know, to me, you know, you know, I want everybody to have a good time, you know, yeah. and, 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 and have a successful hunt <clears throat> and, you know, 
like I said, to me, it's just a, you know, uh, it's an often overlooked opportunity that, that we have to kill some good deer, you know? Yeah. And, and, and most guys really don't even know that those opportunities exist. And so, uh, we just, we're really grateful to have guys like you around, um, that can tell us where to shoot deer at because some of us <laughs> don't know how to do it. Uh, man. So what, what kind of plans you got going on for the 2018 season and 2019? You got any? Well, right. Yeah. Um, right now I'm in the process of, I'm doing, doing a lot of research. Uh, and the one thing that you have to watch about on these special hunts is a lot of times from year to year, states will change like their deadlines and stuff like that. So, you know, if, Last year, if a state had a June 1st deadline for special hunts, don't just count on it being June 1st this year. You know, you know, it might be, you know, May 1st or it might be July 1st or whatever. So, you know, you got to start this time of year and, and start going to all these different states that are close to your home. You know, you know, you know, if you, you know, like, for instance, if you live in Arkansas, look at all the states around Arkansas. Those states are close enough that you could drive there in about four or five hours, probably, you know, look, you know, you know, take a map and draw a circle, maybe five hours around from where you live. And, and a lot of times that'll be in another state, look in that state on their website and see if they have special hunts there, you know, and then, you know, you can put in for those special hunts and, and it's still not like you have to drive 14 hours to get there because you can drive four or five hours is not a long drive, you know, and you can drive four or five hours. And, you know, most of these special hunts are be like a two or a three day deal over a weekend, you know, so you don't have to miss a lot of work and you don't use a lot of vacation time. And that's one thing that I do is I try and plan hunts <coughs> where I can hunt over a weekend because then I don't have to use vacation time. See, so in, in, in most of these states, you know, these hunts are on the weekend. So that works good. You know, you know, sometimes you might have to miss like a Friday or a Monday or something, but basically you're getting hunt three days with just missing one day of work, you know? So, you know, you know, go on their website and see what all they're going to have available for that year, you know, and, and then put in that for then for me, like for 2000, uh, 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 for the current year this year, um, I'll put in for, uh, I'm going to put in for South Dakota. Uh, I like hunting out West some, uh, I've been getting, uh, uh, getting preference points. A lot of States have preference points. And if, if there's a state that you want to hunt in that you're not going to be able to hunt that year, a lot of times you can do what they call buy a preference point for a lot of times, 10 bucks. You can buy a preference point. And that gives you the next year that gives you two chances in the draw instead of just one. So if there's a state that you think, well, you know, in two or three years, I, you know, you know, I can't this year because of job or family obligations or something, you know, go ahead and go to that state's website and start buying preference points. Uh, I've got, I've, I've bought three preference points in the state of Missouri. Missouri has some, just some amazing public land hunting, uh, Arkansas has some amazing public land hunting. Arkansas don't have preference points anymore. They've done away with their preference point system. Uh, Oklahoma has preference points. Uh, but like I said, you know, you know, try and get on there and use those preference points to your advantage. Because if you got points, that just means your odds are better getting drawn. Yeah. And uh, like I said, this year, I'm going to try and draw a South Dakota tag. I'll put in for Oklahoma special hunts. I'll put in for Arkansas special hunts. Uh, uh, another hunt that I've been putting in for that I have eight points in, uh, there's a place, Memphis, Tennessee, a place called President's Island, and it's an island in the Mississippi River, uh, <clears throat> obviously called President's Island, Yeah. And, and, and it's a bow hunting only deal, and it's a three-day hunt, and <clears throat> they, in the past, they have killed some giant bucks off that, and it and, and and it usually takes about eight or nine points to draw that. I've got eight points this year, so I'll put in for that. There's a chance that I'll get drawn on that this year. Uh, that's an overlooked area. Area well, not overlooked because well, when it first started, it 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 was overlooked. But 
but it's a trophy area and man they kill some giant bucks off there that like i said that's a bow hunting only deal uh i'll put in for that i'll put in for special hunts in missouri uh i'll put in for special hunts and like i said in kansas they have some some really good special hunt opportunities there you know so that's kind of what i got lined up for this year you know uh and yeah. then you know i'll see what i get lucky enough you know to draw on and then i'll plan from there Wow. And so everything, everything you just mentioned is all fairly close other than you said, South Dakota. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Other than South Dakota, everything that you just mentioned is fairly decent distance from anywhere in the South. I mean, it's doable. It's definitely doable, especially if you have multiple people with you on, on these hunts, it sounds like a, a pretty doable thing. And just not a lot of people have, have even, heard about these opportunities and and so I think man I, I really I really do think that uh, this is going to be something that you're going to hear more success stories come from these special draw units as time goes on and as people start to learn these things and figure them out I really feel like uh, your story is going to become an even more common story and so um, Edward man I really appreciate you coming on and talking to us and giving us all your secrets uh, <laughs> we really do, uh, do appreciate it. And man, we wish you the best of luck next year or, or actually cool. this year. I hope it, I hope it's awesome. I hope it turns out, I hope you beat your record. Well, thanks very much for, for, for having me and, uh, I'll, I'll be in touch. I'll let you know what I get on the draw this year, you know, on, on, on all these States, what opportunities I end up with. I'll keep in touch with you and I'll let you know what happens on the draw. And like I said, you know, the, 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 the one thing I got to say is just just be diligent on that on, on that draw stuff. Be diligent on that, and always wear a safety belt. That's I'm I'm a big safety guy, so always wear a safety belt. Dude, that was a great episode. Yeah, that was awesome, man. Um, Edward is seriously a very knowledgeable man, and he is. Uh, <laughs> I think we stopped him early because i really do believe that he was going to tell us like the gps coordinates of where he hunted like he he loves he loves talking about it and like this is one of my favorite type of person that understands that public land is for the public you know what i mean yeah that, that, that was all it's awesome talking to somebody who doesn't just try to keep it a secret right you know and, and wants to share that knowledge with everybody else so. right so congratulations if that's you i'm not that person so if you want to know where i hunt on public land Good luck. I'm not going to tell you. You can uh, call me. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah, Blake Blake will tell you where I hunt on public land. <laughs> uh, but, man, it was so good having Edward on. I mean, I'm going to be looking at my states that I have in mind for these special draw WMA hunts. Yeah, same here, man. I'm going to call my dad and two brothers when I get off the phone or get done doing this, and we're going to do some research and get an out-of-state hunt plan and, and start putting in for the uh, President Islands hunt in, in Tennessee, get some points built up for that. That sounds awesome. And not far from home. Yeah, yeah. That sounds, I mean, like a few bucks here and there. Like, man, that's the cost of a meal, you know? Maybe just eat, eat lunch at home and apply for an out-of-state tag. That sounds like pretty incredible yeah not a bad deal i'm i'm excited about it i know i'm gonna definitely be uh checking that out um me and blake were talking just a minute ago about uh how it's always interesting whenever you hear somebody on the radio or in this case you hear somebody on a podcast and you've never actually seen their face before and then you see their face and you're like that's not what i expected at all so uh I'm going to give you a shameless plug for our social media so you can see exactly what we look like. It is Southern Ground, S-T-H-R-N, Ground Hunting on Instagram and at Southern Ground Hunting on Facebook. We also, this week, got a website up and running. That's right. Looks good, too, man. You did great on it. I appreciate it, man. It's a plug-and-play type website, so it really took no skill at all. But it's got a it, it's got some some videos. We'll upload some videos on there. We'll put all of our podcasts on there as well. But there's also a little button to subscribe. So that is southerngroundhunting.com. You can go there if you have never subscribed to the podcast, and maybe you don't even know how to subscribe to a podcast. Maybe you're listening to this on Spotify or 
on Facebook or something like that, go subscribe to our podcast. And you can do that just by going to southerngroundhunting.com. Scroll down to the podcast section and you'll see it'll say subscribe to podcast. So I'll just go and do that. Uh, we, we really do appreciate everybody that has listened. And I, I tell you what, man, the publicity has been crazy. We've gotten, what do you think? How many messages do you think we've gotten on Facebook? Dude, like, at least 12 or 15. At least. <laughs> oh, been, man. It's been good. It's, it's been, been nuts. Good. No, but we, we really have received quite a few messages of people saying how much they love the show. And, man, we just love that you guys love it. And we hope to keep bringing good content and good guests. As always, it is your God-given right to have dominion over the earth and the beasts that roam it. So make sure you go out and exercise that dominion. Blake, you got anything else, man? Man, I'm good. I think that's it. I'm ready to go get on my computer and start applying for some tags. Heck yeah. That's it. That's all I got. You guys have a great day, and we will talk to you next time. 